I mentioned to, uh, <clears throat> well, welcome as always to all of you, uh, especially to Joan, who's going to be sharing with us today. Um, uh, apologies from at least two people that I know of and probably others that uh, haven't contacted me. Uh, both Mary Lou Thonga and Judith Cartwright have um, uh, uh, medical appointments this morning, so can't be with us, but would like recordings of the service. Um, so uh, just to say also that um, as far as I can tell, I haven't double checked it, uh, recordings of our service, which Derek very kindly does, will be put on the parish website and can be accessed there on, on the parish website if you're able to do that side of technology. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as we come together, uh, let's just say a prayer <coughs> together. Welcome, Carrie. Uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's a bit of a grey, misty, wet morning. Lord, but we thank you that for you, there is no gray mistiness. There is truth, there is light, mm -hmm. there is love, there is justice. Lord, in this world where we see and experience the horrendous nature of war and of refugees, of families split up, of tragic injustice. Lord, we're tempted to see only uh, the bad side and the pain, but we thank you, Lord, uh, that we can look to you today. And to quote Oswald Allen, when all things seem against us, to drive us to despair, we know one gate is open, one ear, will hear our prayer. And so we come to you now, praying that you would receive our worship, receive our praise, receive our presence, even as we receive your presence with us as we gather together today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are going to put into breakout groups as normal. Um, Joan and I have talked a bit about uh, what we should chat about, and she suggested that we share personally anything of the Lord which has inspired or helped or touched us in the last few weeks or days. Just some, it may be a small thing, a little answer to prayer, maybe a talk, maybe a, a, a book, maybe a, a Bible reading, maybe a verse, maybe a, a conference, uh, that like Claire and Jerry been to, uh, just to share with one another in a personal way, uh, something that has personally inspired or helped us. If we can make it as personal as possible, uh, that will be lovely. Okay, we go into our, our breakout groups now. Well, welcome back, uh, everybody. Um, uh, hope you had a good time of sharing big or little things in your breakout groups. We certainly did. Um, 
I'm going to ask Jerry to introduce, uh, I heard the voice, oh, we got birthdays and anniversaries first, sorry, I always forget birthdays and anniversaries. Um, so, uh, Derek, is anybody putting their hand up to acknowledge a birthday or an anniversary? Not that I can see, no. Yeah. Okay. So we move on. Right. I, I thought for a moment it said anniversary, anniversary. Well, Joan was keen to have something by Horatius Bonar, and um, uh, this is uh, a, a well-known hymn, and Jerry has very kindly written and will introduce it. So over to you, yeah, Jerry. Um, those of you with a good memory may recognise some of these words from when we last sang this a year ago. Um, I say, uh, an intimidating name and an intimidating physical appearance <laughs> a bit like how I imagined uh, Joshua but um, Bonard was a great lover of children and it's interesting that the motivation for many of the hymns was to put the metrical psalms which were the only thing allowed to be sung in the Scottish church into everyday language um, if the last time we sang it to the the Victorian hymn tune that um, Dykes wrote for it, but th this time apparently Lynn and uh, Margaret are going to play it to a, a a tune called Kingsfold. If you know, Kingsfold is a little village near Horsham in Sussex, and it was there that a folk song was collected by um, the the late Victorian <clears throat> people who were going round. And when Ralph Vaughan Williams acted as the musical editor for the English hymnal, he took this folk song and turned it into a hymn tune. So that's what we're going to sing, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say to today.
wonderful. Uh, thank you, um, Margaret and Lynn. <clears throat> and, and now I'm going to ask everybody to mute except for Judith. Um, and <clears throat> uh, we're going to have the same reading that we had last week. But I've asked Judith to say a little bit by way of introduction to uh, the uh, reading today. So over to you, Judith. Thank you. When Joan rang me and asked me to ring this psalm again, I said to her that I had found Will's talk very helpful because it reminded me in the midst of all these awful things that are going on, the only thing to do is to spend time with the Lord, which is what the psalmist says. So Psalm, 20, Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the, from the burdens come common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous heart comes iniquity. From their from their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil concepts of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree, they increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you will take me unto glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Thank you very much, Judith. Uh, lovely to hear that again. And now I'm going to ask Joan to uh, unmute herself as we have a talk and then questions and answer session um, with Joan. So uh, I'm going to ask Joan to talk a little bit and then we will open things up for discussion. Um, so Joan, if you could unmute yourself. Uh, it's Uh, it hasn't quite unmuted yet, Joan. Do you want to try again with the unmuting? Uh, Derek, are you able no, to unmute? No, that's fine. Joan? I'm, I'm unmuted. Oh, Thank right, you. Joan, you unmuted. That's brilliant. Okay, over to you. Thank Joan. you very much indeed. Well, I haven't had, obviously, any trouble like so many people have had, especially in other countries, which we hear about. And I don't think we hear the half of how much trouble there is in countries like Nigeria and so on. But I, I thought that psalm was so remarkable in the fact that, that the, the psalmist understood that if only he would get himself in focus, he could be okay. But if he went on staying on the side of the bad, well, he was in trouble. And he suddenly saw, and then he says in verse 17, when I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. But if you look also back into, as we said in our little group, if you go back into Exodus, you find that God was saying, I want to come and dwell with you. I want to dwell with you, lot of human beings. I don't want it all to be something remote. I want to know you and I want to live with you. So it made me think, well, what does that mean to me? What does it mean to me to, to, to live with him? And what is his righteousness and his honesty and his openness and his, his realness, as Jerry was saying, what does that mean to me? And I haven't always found that easy because I, I don't want people to know what I think. Not necessarily my bad thoughts. Anyway, I don't want people to know where I'm at and what I'm finding difficult because I don't, I, I'm not very proud of it. I don't want you to know. So I'll keep it secret if you don't mind. <laughs> but God says, no, no, no. If there are things that are not, and then he talks about, in the book of Corinthians, he talks about, let me just, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, but you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. 
So you, I can't sever myself off from, from God and say, well, God, never mind. I don't want to be honest because he says, I want to be one with you. Now, I wish I was as good as, as Will is at putting some of these things. But, and then it says that you, you may declare the praises of him who called you. And that's what God calls me to and each of us to, that you may declare the, the, the praises of him who called you. And where did he call you from? Out of darkness. This is all one piece of it, 2-9. Out of darkness into his wonderful light. So why don't I want to tell you? Why, don't, why do I why do, why want that dark to be there? It's much more comfortable. But God says, get yourself out of the darkness. And before I left Uganda, he said to me, just go and see the people you've let down. And who do I let down now? It's me. It's me. <laughs> but God says, John, you find it easy to, to pick yourself. You know what I mean? Pick your spots. Well, maybe nobody else knows it but me, but it doesn't matter. But it's the thing that's held me up. Because I don't want you all to know. What a, and here I am, I'm nearly 92. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not young. But it still comes. And it, I still need his cleansing. But the wonderful thing is that Jesus died on the cross. And what actually that psalmist looked at in, in understanding, he was looking at Christ on the cross. Who'd, and he said very clearly, there above the covers between the two cherubims, I'll meet with you. He's got his holy place of meeting with you and meeting with me. But it's holy. And we have to know that we can't dwell in his unholiness and walk with him in sincerity if we have darkness in our hearts, we can't do it because he's a God of light and he's the God we serve in our church and in our work and in what we do. And the Lord knows and he came to take away every single sin from me and you and to put it where he, where he died that blood that cleanses my sin, and it does. And sometimes I've had to go and call people and say, <clears throat> and chat with people, and say, I need to talk with somebody. I just need to know. I need to know how I can be cleansed of that. But it works. He works. He doesn't walk in darkness. My God is not a God of darkness, and neither is yours. So we need to say to ourselves, what is it? Is there anything? Is there anything I've never, I've wanted to keep quiet all my life? Because I don't think my God is like that, because it says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God. And then he goes on to say, this is Peter, 
And you know what Peter's life was like. We all know what Peter's life was like. We all know how he, how he let God down. But here he is saying, you're all these things. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you, who calls us out of darkness. And so we need to say to ourselves, Lord Jesus, show us. Are there things that we have never put right, that have never come before our holy God? And say, Lord, just please forgive the lot and cleanse me and take it away. Because there are things that we can keep, I know. I know it for myself. I'm not talking, well, I'm not talking to myself. That he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And that's what he calls us all to. He calls all of us to walk in his wonderful light. What a, what a story, isn't it? I'm called out of darkness into your wonderful light. May the Lord help us to know that that's his calling to me and his calling to each of us. And to say, Lord, search me. And as it also says in the Psalms, you search me and you know me. And we can make our excuses, but, but, but God doesn't excuse them. God is there saying, I called you out of darkness into, your, into my wonderful light. And that's what I'm called to. And that's why I'm called to walk day by day and week by week, and whether I'm going to the shops or whether I'm walking to church or whatever I'm doing, it makes no difference, really. It's all the same. And at the moment, we're, we're privileged. We're not like the people in that country, those countries. And we're not like the people who are left poor. And it was my choice to come back from Uganda to now it's four years ago, but I don't regret it at all. I had a lovely time there, but, but I've, I think I've understood. I must, I'm called to be a child of light. I'm called to be a child of peace. I'm called, I'm called. Why? So that I can tell the wonderful things Jesus has done and is doing for me. And may he forgive me because the opportunities I miss and the times I miss, mm. he knows. But that's what he calls me from. Darkness to light. A royal priesthood. And you are. You are. So let me stop there. <laughs> and you ask any questions you'd like to ask or share anything you want to share. But that's a living reality to me. You. And it's. The, the verse I'm reading is 1 Peter, chapter 2, and verse 9. <coughs> and uh, when I got up this morning, that was the verse that sort of flashed across my mind somewhere. And I looked at it and I thought, yes, that's just about the psalm we need. So, no, I mean 1 Peter 2, verse 9. So I think that's where I would like to stop. I don't know how much many minutes I'm allowed to Steve. No, no, that's Joan, thank you so much. Um, what I suggest is if you would like to just all unmute yourselves, 
um, and <clears throat> uh, feel free to uh, respond with uh, a question. I've asked Joan beforehand, she would welcome any question that you might have. And if you're still thinking of one, I have one to ask, but um, maybe somebody's got one right off the top of their head that they would like to ask. I don't see any indications. All right, I, I'll start off. Um, you've very helpfully asked the question, is there anything I've wanted to keep quiet about all my life? Uh, we called out of darkness. You're implying that darkness equals things we wanted to hide up and keep secret, keep uh, away from the light. And you're saying that when you left Uganda, there was a process of having to deal with some of, we could call it darkness. So I wondered if you could give uh, an example of uh, what it's meant for you, as it were, to walk from out of darkness into his wonderful light. How's it worked for you? I think, I think as time has gone on, I've seen this part of my day-by-day -day life. Um, do ask me more questions, but I think it's a day-by-day -day experience and things like self-pity, for example, pitying myself, which often comes my way. Um, then I just need to bring those things back to him and just say, please clean them out. And I need that really morning and evening to say to the Lord, just please take these things out of my life because they're part okay, of... So, Go on. So, so you, you, at, a, at a certain point, you become aware of your self-pity, yes. your feelings. Self yes. Uh, for whatever reason, um, maybe a physical reason, maybe a some other reason you haven't slept well or yeah. you're maybe feeling a bit whatever, maybe lonely or alienated or something. Uh, so you feel a bit self-pity. And then what do you I, find? I have to say, Lord, forgive me for that self-pity that comes in and gets hold of me because if I'm not careful, it then, it then dominates. I can be rude with people or difficult with people or slow with people or quiet with people. But the reason is not all that necessarily. It's the pitying myself. But I can show them something else that I don't think is... <laughs> but I know that heart, that's me. That's who I am. Self-pity and jealousy. And what amazes me in the Bible is how much jealousy there is. And I think, oh, goodness, yes, well, that's just how I am. I can quickly get jealous of somebody who's got an opportunity or a privilege or, a, or being preferred before me, not me being preferred. Ah, but that's something different. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the Lord knows. He, he knows that he hasn't chosen me for that. But I yeah. can want it. I can say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I have been jealous. So I have found that I have to ask him just to take, that's why he died. 
that's what the cross is about. He died to take it away from me. And, and I love that. There's a verse. And it says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. There's no, there's none of, none of it. That's in Hebrews chapter 9. That's whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> but if we don't come, we don't know that cleansing. We need to learn how to, to come back to him and be cleansed and forgiven. And we move on. And the cleansing blood of Christ takes it all away. And I think there's a lovely verse in um, in the book of he, of John, one John. I'll just find it here in my Bible, but it, it, it's a remarkable little verse hidden there in one John. And it says, "His blood purifies us from all." Sin, or as some translations say, every sin. But so there's nothing that he's not going to to, to 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 forgive for me if I will own up to it. There's nothing. Isn't, isn't this what we used to call sanctification? Probably yeah. yes. This is but the I, process. Just, this is yeah, the process yes. by which we are conformed. And that's an ongoing thing, and we know that. Yes. And we know that, like you say, it's all it's all done and dusted on the cross. But we still we don't get kind of perfected right, you know, instantly. Yeah. But but the thing that worried me slightly, Joan, is that I got the feeling that hearing what you said, somebody might say, "Well, that means I've got to sit about thinking about things that might be unconfessed sins that." I've got to get <laughs> dealt with. And, and I think that's not what we're Oh, thank you very much, Claire, for that. That's exactly not. Because you can end up picking over oh, your Oh, no, 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 no. That's, I'm sure that's not <laughs> no. what God wants to do. <laughs> thank you very much indeed. We have to like... trust him that he will show us things yes. that need to be sorted. Yes. But, but I also well. think, I, I personally, I don't know how anybody else ticks, but I felt that psalm really showed us something very meaningful, that the psalmist said, I, I, I need that sanctuary. I need it. And therefore, it, it makes me question, do I come enough to the sanctuary, to God's place, to seek him? Mm. Or do I do so much that is nothing to do with him at all? And I think, for me, I need to spend more time with him. And I'm not saying that if I, I'm spending more time in order to be more whatever, I don't think that. I think that I need the time in order to, to walk, walk with him more closely because I, I don't, do I spend enough time? Hmm. How much time do I give to knowing Jesus? If you like to put it like that, mm. I think. How much time? One of the one of the lovely words is God's forbearance. Yeah. That um, I mean, I think we all recognise that God could purify us. Yeah. But it would be a painful experience, a bit like um, Isaiah in Isaiah six. Yes. You know. Uh, how was Isaiah purified? A burning coal was put on his exactly. tongue to, to make sure the word. And I mean, my experience has been that sometimes God, when you come to talk to God, 
he puts his finger on something that in, in, in your life that needs to be changed. But very often I found that when you say to God, yes, I recognise that needs to be changed, he doesn't necessarily amputate it. No. <laughs> he says, thank you for that. Here's something else I want you to do. And following God's will, it displaces what may have right. become self-pity. Uh, if we come to God, he's a loving God, and he will deal with us as a loving parent does. Sometimes it's, it's on the northern <coughs> step, but more often it's saying, well, come with me and I'll do this with me, and yeah. you, you, you will be in a better place. So I think that, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true, Jerry and Claire. And I think, I think, but we need to express what he's, because it says, in that verse we've got in 1 Peter, it says very clearly, you're belonging to God so that you, I don't, I'm not trying to get at you to, to at all, but so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. I think we need to say to ourselves, are we doing what God planned for us to do? Yeah. It's one thing to know what you're talking about in terms of forgiveness. Oh, thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. But then Peter is saying, oh, no, no, you mustn't just keep quiet about it. Yeah. What you're reminding us today is he's called us out of darkness so that we to can share declare. what he's done for us. And I guess yes. uh, for many of us, uh, the declaring side um, is, is something uh, we find difficult. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, because I think we don't that's want true. to be drawing attention. But what you're saying is you're not declaring something that we've done, but something wonderful that God has done yeah, for us. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Thank yeah. you. Okay, I see it is quarter to 12 almost. And so um, we're going to <clears throat> go into our, our breakout groups. Um, and uh, respond to the talk and pray for each other is, is uh, what I think we're encouraged to do for, for one another. So uh, if you'd like to Oh, well um, we've been talking about uh, walking in the, out of darkness into God's wonderful light um, and uh, we've now got a song, <clears throat> When We Walk With the Lord uh, in the Light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. So if we can all uh, mute ourselves as we uh, express our faith as we uh, sing uh, this song together. Over to you. Still, I 
Oh Lord, we thank you for that song. We thank you for the simplicity of it. And even as we sing it, Lord, uh, we know that we often don't trust and don't obey. Uh, we fear, we doubt. Uh, we allow sin and darkness to cloud our way. And we thank you for the reminder today that you long for us to walk in the light, even as you're in the light, to walk out of darkness, to more and more freely declare the wonderful deeds that you have done in our lives. And Lord, help us today to, to know the blessing of living in the light of free and full forgiveness, not because we have earned it, because of your glorious, generous grace your mercy that does not give us what we deserve and your grace that gives us what we don't deserve your love and your full acceptance and your friendship so now lord uh, we ask for your blessing the blessing of the father and the son and the holy spirit to rest on each one of us now and till we meet again and then forever Amen. Now, uh, it's a, a slightly different ending today. Um, this uh, song that's on video uh, that we're going to watch uh, is by, uh, written by Horatio Spafford, who uh, had encountered immense uh, tragic loss. Uh, which some of you will know this story and uh, you can look it up on the internet. It gives, gives the story more fully than I'm going to do now. But he composed this song, uh, the awareness as he traveled on the ocean of where his daughters had drowned at sea. And um, he'd had this tremendous loss of uh, uh, his daughters. Um, and yet he's, in spite of that, he uh, hangs on to God and knows that it is well with his soul. So let's just sit back 
and uh, let this song uh, be beautiful to our ears. We don't need to sing it, uh, but if you can stay muted, but you're welcome to sing along or just to sit and enjoy it.
Well, thank you, everybody. I love that. I just felt that uh, it was good to be together in that uh, video. It's such a lovely worship song. I um, hope you're able to worship the Lord because uh, it's more than just confession and declaring, but of course it's uh, all about worship too, isn't it? That that releases so much as we praise God and let, let go of our sin. My sin, not the part, but the whole. Uh, uh, that struck me. That's really a good line. Uh, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Um, so thank you, Joan, for um, uh, sharing with us uh, today. Thank you, Margaret and Lynn, for leading and uh, reading uh, Judith. Um, and uh, you're welcome to uh, just quietly disappear with that uh, video ringing in your 